Hello, I'm Sarah Khan and welcome to Backing Brilliant Business, a series by Radio Centre. They're the people helping businesses of all sizes grow with great radio advertising. In this series, I will talk to guests who want to share their own unique expertise and experience to help you with your business. From marketing experts who have reshaped how we see a brand in the marketplace to entrepreneurs who started at the bottom and are now at the top of their field. Each episode, we'll look through our guest CV to discover the most rewarding and most challenging aspects of their career so far. And we discover their three key lessons in business, the learnings, advice and practices that they want to share to help you be better at whatever it is you do. In this episode, we're joined by Iona Bain. Iona is an award-winning journalist, broadcaster, speaker, author and founder of the hugely influential Young Money blog and became the UK's go-to voice on millennial money. Now she's taking steps to launch a new chapter in her career. With appearances on the likes of Question Time and Woman's Hour and regular articles in the Financial Times and Independent, she joins us today to talk about finding the right niche for your business and making it work. And she's going to share three lessons that will help you with your business. Hello, Iona. How are you doing this morning? I'm great, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Well, listen, it is an absolute honour and privilege to have you. Looking through your CV, is there anything you haven't done, young lady? Because you're incredible. You're incredible. And you're only just a little spring chicken. You've got so much more to go. So um, I'm really, really excited about uh, talking to you today because I just know that what you're going to share is going to be so, so helpful to so many of us. So I'm just going to start with going through your CV and picking out some of the really good highlights so just imagine me right as a good looking version of Lord Sugar just going through your CV (laughs) and picking out those gems so we're gonna start okay this is incredible your university which was Oxford studying music between 2006 to 2009 You're studying music at one of the top universities in the world, okay? What did you have planned for yourself after doing this music degree? So you must have thought, this is what I want to do, but it didn't kind of pan out that way. I think right up until about, you know, 2021, I'd been in this world of classical music, which is a very hothouse environment. It's very intense. And to some extent, you feel as if you've got to pursue that for as long as you can do before you get to that point where you realise, actually, I'm not going to make it as a classical musician. You know, if you read about the careers of professional pianists and cellists and violinists and so on, they're practising for seven hours a day. They're practising on Christmas Day. They are devoted and they do it because they love playing the instrument. And I loved playing piano and cello, but I, I didn't love it that much. And I had to face up to that. Yeah, so that period after I graduated and then before starting the blog was a very intense period in which I was you know being a musician and also a music journalist and really trying to make it work and having some incredible experiences but 
I wasn't earning very much money and I was very worried about the future. I had to move back home and live with my parents. So I'm so, so lucky to have my parents because they were so caring and compassionate, but constructive at that time. And they said to me, well, Iona, you're a very good writer. You know, you're, you're good at speaking, you're good at performing and you can do journalism. At the moment, you're going on and on and on about how little money you have and how all your friends are all broke and how they can't get on the housing ladder and they can't get internships. And, you know, you're always talking about money. Why don't you write about this stuff on a blog? And I was like, don't be ridiculous. Who would want to read a blog written by me? I know nothing. What a bonkers idea. But, you know, actually, I thought about it and I thought, I've got nothing to lose. I've got nothing better to do. So I may as well do it. And so I just started. And it was like a very basic WordPress account. And I did a lot of research. My very first one was about um, festival tickets and whether festivals were becoming too expensive. And, and it helped that it kind of married two of my passions, you know. It was related to music, but I could bring it back to personal finance. And then it went from there, really. And, and, and uh, yeah, the, I had this very strange 10-year career kind of emerge out of it. Let's talk about then this blog becomes hugely influential and hugely successful. You then wrote two books, Spare Change and Own It. Tell me a little bit about how they came around. Well, I was very lucky in that around 2015, 2016, I was approached by a publisher called Hardy Grant, who had come across my work online and had this idea to do essentially a millennial money handbook. And it was the first of its kind. You know, it was a big risk for the publisher at that time because I wasn't very well known, despite the fact that the blog was becoming more influential. You know, blogs and influencers didn't have the cachet that they have now, even back in 2015. You know, the landscape has changed so much that nowadays, you know, a, a publisher would, would maybe see an influencer in this area as their first port of call um, rather than go to a more traditional financial journalist. But back then, it was still quite a left field thing for them to do so kudos because I think they were ahead of the curve and I think the book was ahead of the curve because it really tried to make money accessible and interesting and fun for a younger generation and I've been told for many years young people are not interested in money they think it's boring and dry and complicated and they don't want to read about it and I always thought this was so silly and wrong because actually you know most young people I knew for them money was like sex you know they didn't have enough of it and it was all they could ever think about right <laughs> um, and so I thought yeah people do want to read this stuff and and if you're not putting out content for that audience well of course they're not coming to you duh that's kind of how it works and also if you're just putting out content for the parents and grandparents know this they are more concerned about their kids than they are about themselves they they know that they'll be okay because maybe they've got a good pension they own their own home and so on but their kids they're desperate worried about them so I always felt like there was that audience out there but they just needed a different approach they just needed someone who could kind of relate to them and say you know I get it I get why you might find this whole subject scary getting own it out there into the world was very difficult but I'm so proud of own it because again I think it helped take the conversation to the next level for young people when it comes to long-term money you know the big stuff pensions investing the stock market the economy you know really educating young people about this I felt very very keenly like we needed this book it needs to be out there in the world and I've got to be the person to write it. 
This podcast is brought to you by Radio Centre, who are helping businesses across the UK grow with radio advertising. Head to radiocentre.org forward slash business to discover how radio can boost your company's performance, find out how the radio process works, hear from businesses who've found success with audio advertising, access free training and even search for and be linked with stations in your area. You can find out all that and more at radiocentre.org forward slash business. Well, you are such an inspirational and motivational woman. I could talk to you forever and ever and ever. But what I really want to capture now is your chosen theme. Because I think for my audience, I really want people to kind of focus on three things that they can take away from listening to this chat today. And from your life story, there are a hundred things that we can choose. But you've actually decided that Your theme today really is about finding the right niche for your business and making it work. Why have you chosen that as your theme? Well, I think because I've become known for being the young money blogger and that my specialism is young personal finance. And I have very consciously made that my specialism over the past 10 years and did that at a time when maybe people felt like it wasn't viable. And I think I've prove people wrong. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to now ask you three lessons around your theme. So what would your first lesson be? So my first lesson is leap before you look. So of course, you need to pay your dues, do the hard yards, build your expertise and contacts. You can't just start a business and hope it'll go okay. That's certainly not what I did with Young Money Blog. Whilst I was becoming a more experienced person in that field, I was also building up roles and experience in the financial media. I did all kinds of jobs over the years. So I didn't expect that success to come straight away. But there does come a point where you have to decide, I know enough now. I have built up enough of a reputation in this area that I can go it alone And I can make this into a business and I might not have all the answers. So we always think about business plans. And I came up with a business plan and then I chucked it two months after I started my business because I realized actually the plan is really just what you hope for the future. It's what you hope will happen. But there is so much that's not really within your control that you have to accept that and embrace that and then go for it and find out what you need to know as you go along. And I think the key skill in making a niche work is just accepting I know enough and I can start today and anything I don't know, I'll learn it rather than thinking, oh gosh, I don't know enough and I haven't got enough of a reputation. I don't have enough contacts. I'm just going to wait maybe another year or two years or three years and, and then I'll be ready. I think the kind of people who have that mindset, they're never ready because they've got into a perfectionist trap and you've got to really let that go if you're going to set up your own business. You know, it's got to be about good enough as opposed to perfect. Brilliant. I love it. Lesson number one, Iona, you know, leap before you look. I completely and utterly relate to that. I tell you why, because my very first business after I did The Apprentice was started a baby skincare business. I put my money where my mouth is. I just had The Apprentice kind of fame. And when you're trying to get a website up and running, 
it just doesn't go according to plan, you know, and they get it wrong. The content's wrong. It's so hard. And my husband's an entrepreneur and, you know, it was looking decent. And he just said, just stop pulling your hair out. You've got the homepage. You've got the products on the website. Yes, it's not perfect, but just get it out there because you're going to miss that opportunity. People are just going to, you know, just bypass it. So just get it out there. And he was absolutely right because I do like to, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's. But in business, you don't always have the opportunity to do that. So yeah, I agree with you. It's have enough, get enough info and then just go for it and learn along the way. Especially if you're doing it basically on your own, because really you've just got to give yourself a good talking to and say, OK, come on, time to do it. Absolutely. Lesson number two. So lesson number two is be open minded, but have high standards. So I think that, you know, young money was for me, you know, a very obvious specialism because it was something that I understood and and knew about and could relate to I was writing from my own personal experience but just because you think that the niche is something that you know you yourself could be passionate about that's different from then assessing whether it's going to become a sustainable business and brand so I think sometimes in business we get this idea that if you just keep banging on the door then they'll have to open it But I don't think that's very helpful advice because sometimes genuinely the door is is shut and locked and there's a sign saying, go away. And I think people can spend years knocking on those doors, just willing them to open and they won't. And I know I have. Whereas there are other doors that open and they may not look as impressive and they may not be the doors that you thought you'd go through. But if you go through them and they don't work out, fine, you can come you can come back out again. But it, actually, you may find that that takes you on another journey. You may go to a better place than the one you had originally envisaged. So for me, I just went where the doors were open. But then as time went on and I built up the business, I kept reviewing what I was doing. And I made sure that I was actually happy with the quality of work I was doing, whether I was enjoying it, whether, you know, people were asking too much of me, whether they were paying me too little, that sort of thing. So, yeah, keep reviewing what you're doing and make sure that you're not just saying yes to absolutely everything. It's okay to have high standards. Your lesson number two was be open minded, but have high standards. Now, after The Apprentice, I actually wrote a book myself and it was called Push for Success. And the push stood for be proactive, understand yourself and others, sell yourself and have high standards. So those words spelt out push. And for me, the you in my book was about understanding yourself and standing, understanding others. And that is about listening more and speaking less actually and when you can listen more you open your mind because you're really listening to what people are telling you and that is all about being open-minded because I think many people feel like they know it they're the best I know it I'm not listening to you what do you know and that's a real danger in business and I think I can have a tendency to do that But actually, I've learned and it's a skill. It's a skill to be open minded, actually, because you're brought up with certain values and morals from parenting, education, your social groups. But to be truly open minded, I think, is a massive skill set and it just takes you into a different direction. So just to recap, your theme is finding the right niche for your business and making it work. Lesson number one, you've said, is leap before you look. Lesson number two is be open minded and have high standards. And what's your final lesson? 
Well, my final lesson is remembering that your niche isn't you. So sometimes in business, we maybe feel like our whole identity is wrapped up in our business. It is who we are. And without it, we're nothing. We're no one. But I don't think that's true. I think there's plenty of evidence that shows that people who have well-rounded lives, who have other interests, actually perform better at their work, you know, perform better in business because they're bringing all that, you know, worldly experience and passion into their business and it's enhancing it. And also, you know, as I said earlier on, it's tempting to stick to that comfort zone. If you've become successful in your niche, then great. But actually, it's important to know when to either move on from your niche or expand around it to say, okay, the niche was great and it really helped make my name, but that's the starting point. And from there, I can go on to even bigger and better things. So yeah, don't just kind of stick to that niche. It isn't you. You were someone before that niche came along. And if that niche was ever taken away from you, you'll survive, you'll cope, you'll find something else to do. So yeah, your niche isn't you. Brilliant. Lesson number three, niche isn't you. I love this because I think over my career, people have put me since The Apprentice into a niche. And the niche that I was in was I was the gobby Muslim on the telly, you know, they'd roll me out and my niche was anything to do with any issues re- relating to the Muslim community, then off, off I came. The, the other niche was she's got a gob and she's opinionated and she's loud. Let's just bring her on. Let's, you know, and you do it for a while. Okay. And, I, and I, don't get me wrong. I enjoy giving my opinion. I, I really enjoy talking about my community and some of the issues that have happened. But when you are in that niche, people forget that you do other things. You know, in that time, I became a mother. People didn't know that I run two marathons. I also love cooking and interior design and all of uh, traveling. You know, I've traveled on my own with a backpack around the world. But people seem to not be interested in that because they just see you in this niche. And so I broke away. You know, when I gave my job up on Loose Women quite recently, I broke away from that niche because I'm like, I don't want to be seen as the opinionated, loud, annoying woman all the time. It served me for a bit and it paid really well. But now I kind of want to embrace the modern world. I'm, I'm a mother. I run my own skincare business. And yes, I have an opinion, but actually it doesn't have to be so aggressive and so hard all the time. And since I've broken away from that niche, you know, my Instagram following's grown. I've been getting amazing opportunities. And yeah, don't be scared of breaking away from the niche that once served you well. I think all of your lessons are just really poignant and I can relate to them. Iona, I mean, listen, in the time that I've talked to you, I've learned so much, so much about what a young person is capable of doing on their own. You know, you've taken risks, you are self-driven, got a lot of self-determination, you're self-motivated, you've shown through your life story that, you know, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom in order to pick yourself up and get that bright idea because you have to, you've got no choice. And also, I think one of the key things that I've learned from you is, you know, you started off with a certain passion, which was music, but you used the skills that you were taught in that particular field and transferred them into business environment and used it for your entrepreneurial efforts. I think you're absolutely incredible. The three lessons, let's just recap on those. You talked about leap before you look, which I think is fabulous because it's about you're never going to be a perfectionist. It's never going to be perfect. When you feel confident, take the leap and grow um, as 
as you learn as well, which is the beauty of it. And people will help you along the way. Be open minded and have high standards. Absolutely. I think, you know, being open minded just embraces other people uh, to come in and give their opinion and you and take you to into a different direction, which is all part of being an entrepreneur, isn't it? That's the whole beauty of it, because you never knew that that was even possible. And I think high standards are really important because it's about having high standards for yourself, the quality of work. Don't put something out there unless it is fabulous and and, and brilliant. Take the time looking at making it right so that people respect your work. Because at the end of the day, your work is a representation of who you are. and, And that's really important. And finally, the niche isn't everything. You've been in a niche for, I mean, how many years now? From 2011 to 2021? Yeah, 10 years. That could have defined you, but you're like, hold on a minute. That I've done that now. I'm going on to other other things, and I'm not going to allow that to kind of put me in a pigeonhole or a certain silo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, before we go, I'm going to ask all my guests to put their lessons into a little jingle, into a little radio jingle. And of all the guests, I know you're going to ask me the question, do I have to sing it? To some of the other guests, I might let them off, but there is no way I am letting you off, young lady. Oh, no. Especially with a music degree from Oxford University. <laughs> well, I haven't warmed up this morning, so I'm just getting my excuses out early doors. Um, but let me, I won't, I won't maybe, I'll try and do a, a very simple jingle, but um, it's basically the art of the doable. And the reason why I like this as my personal motto is that it covers a lot. And I think, you know, maybe people listening start singing the art of the doable as they're in the shower or maybe making a cup of tea in the morning then they'll maybe think oh actually it covers quite a lot so for me it covers how to say no to stuff that you don't feel is part of your core agenda because you've got stuff that you need to do and you've got to get on with it and you've got to do it and it also covers you know not being a perfectionist saying okay right this is this is good enough you know this is the art of the doable I can do what I can on this particular project I've you know hit all the marks I need to but you know there comes a point where you just have to put it out there and move on to the next thing and you know having the art of the doable in my head really helps me concentrate on what matters and it helps me get things done because I think the temptation is to just bring everything in and go oh I could do this I could do that I could do the other but no you can't (laughs) you can only do a certain amount with your very very precious time here on earth you've just got to figure out what you can do and get on with it the art of the doable (laughs) that's my motto I think it's a fantastic message and I know that I'm going to be singing that jingle all day long because jingles just stick in your head but I am going to ask you one last time you have a microphone I want you to blast out that jingle for the whole world to hear let me hear your voice the art of the doable amazing amazing that is fabulous fantastic thank you so much for joining me on this podcast you're such an inspirational person when you were talking there were times I kind of had shivers down my spine because I could relate to some of those moments and I think you know one of the things that I absolutely admire about you is the amount of risk that you've taken in your life to do things differently and not be defined by one certain thing I think you're an incredible person and I really, really look forward to your next venture and can't wait for you to get started on it. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. I've had such a blast talking to you, Sarah. You've been amazing um, to talk to about all this stuff. So thank you so much. 
Well, that's been the Backing Brilliant Business podcast with me, Syra Khan, and I really hope you've enjoyed the many words of wisdom that came from our chat. There'll be more amazing guests to come in the series with plenty of business lessons to be learned. So please subscribe and leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow Radio Centre across all of their socials on Instagram at Radio Centre underscore UK and on Twitter at Radio Centre. So until next time, bye for now. The Backing Brilliant Business series was produced by Audio Always for Radio Centre and co-created by Eardrum. Visit radiocentre.org forward slash business for more information.